from Wakefield, it's the Nolan Car Night Show. I'm going to join Nolan's guest this week, all the way from Germany, David Eric Babu. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Nolan. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to yet another edition of the show. And I hope you've enjoyed the last few weeks of the episodes, because I'm sure you will enjoy this one definitely. I'd like to welcome all my guests, but before we begin, follow on social media and like, comment, share, subscribe, all that fun jazz to help continue to grow the show. And as I said, we have a big episode today with a big-time guest. This week, not only is our guest one of the ferocious forwards that helped propel our alma mater back into the center stage in the late 90s as a member of the Running Rams, but he's also a, a royalty as he's the Count of Sele, Lower Saxony, Germany. I am honored and welcome to have David Agrababu join the program this week. David, how are you? Thank you. Um, I'm really good, and thanks for having me on your show. Well, of course, this is exciting. They, there's been a lot going on with, with our alma mater, your old alma mater and team the last year or so, specifically the last few weeks. So this is a real treat to talk to somebody who's had a front view of, of that squad and helping URI stay in relevancy back then. You know, although, Michael, this is also a big deal for me because although maybe an old teammate of yours, I don't know how when he was there. He might have been there. Michael Anderson was on the show a while I'll, ago. I played with him, yeah. Yeah, and he was one of my first guests who was not from the United States. So to have somebody okay. who who is outside the, of, of the States over in Europe. This is a big treat as well. You know, you have a experience that's different, I think, from others, not in the sense of, you know, you played basketball as many college, former college athletes do, but you're also someone who, as I said, from Germany, living in the country. So at this point, and I sort of start like this, three years into this whole thing with all the craziness that's happened internationally in terms of COVID, What's it like to sort of see your old sport, but life as well, not only from the basketball aspect, but from life in Germany as well to go back to sort of natural? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's nice, you know, to, to go back to, to, the, to the normal life. You know, the th last three years were tough for everybody, I think, for everybody in, in the whole world. And uh, it's, it's, it's real nice kind of, I mean, I have three uh, little kids. Uh, my, my, I have three daughters, so they're, uh, 10, uh, 4, and uh, 7 years old. So, I mean, they grew up with COVID and yeah. uh, it's, it's, we try to make their life as normal as possible, you know, go out. I mean, crazy things were over here. They closed, you know, playgrounds outside, you know, during COVID. So we had to go to the forest, you know, in the woods just to get the kids outside instead of, you know, staying inside. So, yeah, but now and, you know, basketball games with no crowd and, and, it, it, it was a tough, tough time, but now I'm, I mean, it's, I'm happy that everything is back to normal. I also like asking this is sort of the last question of that, you know, depression case that is the last three years. I always, this time it gives everyone sort of a moment to reflect on what they've learned about themselves over the last three years. So what's one thing David learned about himself over the last three years that he didn't know prior? Um, I guess even more to appreciate the little things, but I guess that's what everybody always does when something doesn't run smooth anymore. You know, as soon as you have, uh, you, you hurt your ankle, then you, you know how much you need your ankle. Or if you twist your finger, you know, you're playing ball, you, you know, you sprain your finger and you think, oh, damn, man, I need my, you know, it just it feels uncomfortable, you know? So yeah. I think the, the most important thing is always to appreciate the little things and i think you know for example in in germany we didn't have toilet paper for a while you know during covid because it was sold out and people you know before we went to the supermarket we had everything you know everything was always there uh, flour was there uh, tomato sauce was there 
pasta was there and then all of a sudden i went to the supermarket and i couldn't buy pasta and i was like damn i can't buy pasta what's, yeah. what's going on here you know and you go you never you were never in this situation that you yeah. couldn't buy everything you wanted and uh and people i think people some people also lost their calmness you know they they were really i mean i spoke to like parents in the kindergarten and i felt the like tightness you know on, on certain sure. things and i said come on relax you know we're still we, we have a roof over our head yeah. you know we we have enough to drink we still have enough to eat maybe we can't eat everything we normally buy in the sure. but we're doing fine you know sure. it's it's and that's that's what i think some people learned you know just to calm down and you don't need you know a lot of things to be happy so and I, I definitely learned that and just, but, you know, just to, to be happy with, with everything you have. Yeah. Well, I think it, it definitely made people crazy. And I, I, from and I'm someone who tends like to stay to themselves and stay inside. So I was mm-hmm. doing sort of fine and academically it was the best semester I'd ever done. So yeah. it was sort of a win-win situation myself, besides of course, other stuff. I sort of want to yeah. start like, like this on another more positive note. When I think of German mm-hmm. premier top tier, legendary German athletes besides David Agrababa, who again, I, I think of, you know, Dirk Nowitzki, Steffi Graf, Boris Becker, people of that nature, Detlef Schrimp and people oh, yeah. and so forth. For you though, growing up and although soccer, I, I know was big over there as, as well. When did you realize that you had an interest in basketball, but also that you could take it to another level besides mm. recreationally? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, like most German kids, I started playing soccer, you know, when I was like five or six and I, I played in the club and I, I still look at these old pictures and I'm like uh, one head taller than everybody else. And uh, it's funny. And then uh, I did, I played soccer for a while. Then I did track and field for a while, you know, in, in school, we had those competitions and they have scouts coming and said, Hey, you're, you're pretty good in track and field. I said, okay, then I do track and field. And uh, and then I also played table tennis for a while, you know, for in the, I played two years in the club table tennis. And then um, uh, my brother started playing basketball. You know, my, my brother had, uh, he played with Dirk Nowitzki for 10 years in the national team. So he started playing basketball pretty late when he was 16, 17, he started. And um, uh, he was playing handball before and also soccer. And so when he started, then I said, hey, why not try it as well? And then I was, I think, 12, 13. Uh, I, I started, I went to a practice and uh, I met two guys there. I'm, they're my closest friends right now. I'm still good friends with them. And uh, we kind of bonded like a group and uh, and we had a good coach. And then it was just fun playing basketball. And so we started playing, but not as much as... I'm saying like nowadays, you know, now uh, kids go out and play. We didn't even have one. I think we had one outside court in my whole city Uh and it's uh, Hanover. It's about 600,000 people living here. And when I was young, we had one court and now you go outside, you find, I don't know, 50 courts, you know, because it it, it changed a lot. Um, But it was, it it was really fun. And then I, I started playing and, you know, I was taller than the other guys. Even, okay, now it's six, seven and a half or six, eight. I'm not that tall anymore, but back then I was tall. And uh, uh, yeah, I started playing and then I, I, I made the, we have different, how you call it, different like um, like teams. Like you have your own, like your club team and then you have like a state selection. So I made the state selection, um, basically not just because of my height, but you know, just I wasn't playing that good at the moment, but they said it's maybe so potential. So I made the state selection 
And then uh, after a couple of years, you know, we I was doing all right there. And then I made the junior national team. And that's when um, when it was good competition. You know, I played against uh, other guys like Patrick Famerling. He uh, played for University of Washington. And other guys that, that played over there, Adimola Okulaja, played for North Carolina. You know, he played at the same time. I was over there, played with uh, Antoine Jameson, Jameson and Vince Carter and all those guys. And with those with, with those guys, I played on a junior national team. So, and that's yeah. When I thought, okay, basketball, it's, it's fun, you know. I still didn't make. I was uh, think I was going to make a living or go to the states. Or it wasn't like a goal, you know. Everything my parents said is, you know, when you do sports, whatever you do, you also have to do school. So, yeah. you know, they always had an eye on that, so that we uh, didn't just go out and play basketball, but. It also wasn't like that. It was more like, not, I'm not saying recreational, but sure. it wasn't with the mindset to become a professional basketball player sure. or my parents didn't drill me and say, hey, you have to go practice. It was just yeah. like fun. You know, we went yeah. out, maybe like looking back, I could have said, okay, we could have practiced a little bit more, but hey, it was just fun, you know? And I think yeah. that's that's how, maybe why I played so long because it was just, you know, fun. Well, I yeah. think, and that's something that I think is a lost thing more necessarily probably in the states you see a lot of kids you know specializing in just one thing and focusing just on that whereas yeah. other kids maybe from years ago maybe your generation did other like you said you did other sports and you you know mm-hmm. were well versed in that stuff so it's something that you're not so focused on it's not exactly everything involving in your life mm-hmm. people have also have talked that i've had on here who share uh, our alma mater together it's the main main dish of people I've had on sort of asked them about how they dealt with the attention they got as their skill level got better and how they dealt with mm-hmm. the attention they got themselves as their ability um, increased. How do you remember handling that as a high schooler before you, you know, got involved with colleges looking at you? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't know if you, if you, if you know, but uh, after I finished the 11th year in Germany, I went to a, for a high school year to the States. And I went to uh, Mercer Island. Uh, it's it's up in uh, Seattle, close right. to Seattle, Washington. And there, it was uh, pretty funny because when I when I went there, um, they kind of were mad at the high school coach because they said they recruited me. You know, in high school you couldn't recruit, and I was playing pretty good back then. There, I think I averaged like fifteen or sixteen points in high school, and we we ended up winning the state championship. So. I mean, I, I just I got hurt before the uh, before the state championship game, but that was okay. I mean, I, I took the team there, and that was kind of the first time that I got like attention, you know, like like for playing a little bit. But I mean, for me, it it was mostly weird. Also, like at, at at URI when you know when I went to class and I felt like the teachers were surprised that I raised my arm and that I yeah. participated <laughs> in class or that I even went to class. You know, it's like, for me, it was normal, you know, to be yeah. at every class. I think I didn't miss a class. Maybe I missed the class because we had a game or something, but I never just missed the class because I skipped it because for me, it was normal to go there and attend it and be a normal student and, sure. and not be any different. So um, that's how I grew up in, in, in Germany. There's no connection between school and sports. Right. So in school, you're a student like everybody else. They don't care what you do in your spare time. So there's no school team and you're the star of the school team. You know, teachers don't know what sport you do. So it doesn't matter. So school is school and sport is sport. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's, that's, I think it's, it's a big difference. So, um, yeah, but then of course, yeah, at URI, I mean, I, I remember when we, when we came back from the, from the, um, 
uh, in, in 98 from those games and everybody was waiting at the airport. I mean, yeah. it was crazy, you know, and it's, uh, it was nice, but, uh, or even, you know, at the games, you have 20,000 people watching. It's, it's crazy. I mean, it was mm -hmm. a nice experience. Yeah. Well, to not only represent, you know, to represent a small community such as Kingston, Rhode Island, I'm sure definitely was a, a big accomplishment for yourself. You talked about quickly before we got going here about URI being really the only place that was a school that was looking at you and Tim O'Shea and your relationship with him that sort of helped, you know, make you choose, okay, Rhode the place I want to be. Like in that situation, not only, I mean, maybe as you said, basketball, you know, you didn't really like the attention or it was weird. To have maybe not just one school look at you, but a school like Rhode Island and Tim O'Shea to really take an interest in your ability as a player to come to the school to help the team. What was it like for you? You know, you mentioned Seattle and going to that school for your final year. Was there any difference in um, your take on that whole courtship that was Tim O'Shea in your eye? Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the thing is, I didn't know anything about college basketball when I was over here. The only thing I knew, it was funny how this, this is how the, how, how life sometimes is. The only games they showed over here and that I saw was um, UCLA. Oh, yeah. So when UCLA with um, Ed O'Bannon and uh, Toby Bailey, those were the games they showed over here when I was a little bit younger and I saw Coach Herrick. And then, you know, later yeah. Coach Herrick coming to the school, it was so weird yeah. because it was like the only team I saw. I think they showed USC with Harold Minor. And, and UCLA and um, yeah, when I went to um, to to Rhode Island, um, I, I, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but I think they recruited the guy I said before, Patrick Feimerling, the he's seven two or something. Mm -hmm. he, he ended up going to the University of Washington, and he ended up going there because he worked out with Detlef Schrempf in Germany. So mm -hmm. Detlef Schrempf brought him to his old school. So. Um, and then they said, okay, I think they said to him, do you know another guy? And then he said my name. And then uh, I think I sent the tapes over there and they said, okay, let's take a look. But yeah, I mean, Rhode Island was, I mean, it was like a, yeah, like a coincidence uh, yeah. for me going there and not knowing that those uh, uh, three and a half years would be so crazy and such uh, on, a, on, a, on a good team, on a high caliber sure. team, a high caliber program. I mean, it wasn't planned. It was just luck. I mean, just being at the right place, I guess. Well, that's another thing I want to mention to you about. I mean, you're part of one of the greatest classes of in, in URI athletic <clears throat> history, specifically the men's team with, you know, people like yourself, Katina Mobley, Tyson Wheeler, Antonio Reynolds-Dean, and um, Preston Murphy, and so on and so forth. Lamar Odom be near the end of your time there. They had had a little bit of success after the near the end of the late 80s with their Sweet 16 run and then a few NIT appearances in the early 90s. Besides, of course, the wonderful winter weather and early spring weather that Rhode Island brings that, that time of year, how much of the history of the program when you were getting recruited were you aware of or told about before you became a student? I didn't know, I didn't know anything. The only thing I knew that uh, Mike Moulton, the funny thing is Mike Moulton, he played in Hanover, professional. Okay. So that's the, that's the only thing I knew. I mean, I think... Or did I even find out later? I think I found found out later that he went to URI. I mean, I didn't at the at the time. I didn't make the the connection. But um, I think the 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 main reason, of course, is is Al Skinner and 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 sure. Bill uh, and Tim that they looked they looked behind the player. You know, they looked sure. for good people. And the thing I my dad he he still talks about it. Coach Skinner came to visit. You know. And my dad still talks about it like wow. i don't know 25 years later 
and uh, he, he still appreciates that and I appreciate that that coach Skinner went to visit everybody he went to Denmark to visit Mike he came here to visit my house you know we went to go eat and it's it's it, it just shows appreciation you know to the family to the parents it shows the parents that their kid you know now being a father I would it would be great for me if you know if I sent my kids to the states or anywhere and the coach comes and visits and shows, hey, I'm, 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 I'm the person sure. taking care of your kid. I mean, that's, uh, and that's what I, what I now later looking at it, appreciated more and more what Coach Skinner did for all those, for all of us, you know, for all the players. And uh, I think that sometimes gets lost in, in sports. You know, it's so sure. much about just players, you know, Coach Skinner cared about the grades. So, you know, he, he, he said he wants everybody to graduate. You know, because not everybody's going to turn pro. So sure. that's what, what I really like about him, that he looked, you know, he, he recruited good people. He looked at the house. He looked where they came from. And that's why we performed good on, sure. on, on the court together, you know, because there has to be a certain kind of chemistry. You know, not everybody's always best buddies and best friends, but there has to be some kind of chemistry and, and respect. And that's what I think uh, he the team he built or they built sure. a team of you know respect and, and good people and that's why we performed well and i'm sure and this is maybe just from my perspective as someone who's from the the uri area and um hmm. knowing the fact that he also had been there for many years prior to um your first year at uri in the in the mid 90s he'd been assistant coach with um, not Brennan Malone, um, Tom Penders for a while, then he mm -hmm. was an assistant head coach at URI for a while. So I'm sure that also gives a good um, um, comfortability as a new player to the area joining a squad. That year, the team makes it to the Elite Eight um, round of the NIT tournament with a very young, your freshman year, I'm saying, with a very mm -hmm. young squad, which unlike today's team, they're struggling to find their identity. How do you think not only your country, the team's contribution, but also Al's impact and the coaching staff helped you guys reach that far into the season as a young freshman team. Yeah, I mean, we all looked up to Coach Al. You know, we, uh, uh, he was a, a straight guy, an honest guy, uh, a, a, just a good guy, you know. And you, I mean, you, you, could, you, could, you could like him even, you know, when he, when he screamed at us or made us run or something. We liked him. And, you know, the, I remember the, the best thing, is for me was, you know, he was a player, so he played, sure. he knows, you know, for me, it's like, hey, I mean, not, not saying that all coaches needed to be players or all players are good coaches. No, but with him, he was a good player and a good coach. So, and uh, I remember that he always uh, still played uh, rec ball in, in the, in, in Kini, uh, in, in the, on the track and field part, sure, you know, he yeah. played with the other guys. And we, we saw him and he was still competitive. <laughs> so, you know, he still beat up guys out sure. there. So, and he had that competitiveness and that's, that's what he, he showed us, you know, like he, he would go to war with us, you know, and you, you can feel that as a player when you, sure. when you, you feel your coach is so much into it, you know, and he would, he fights for you and he, he's with you, you know, and then you say, okay, I give everything for this coach, you know, and that's what, that's yeah. how we did it. I mean, I mean, everybody would, would do everything for, for coach. And the best thing is we never ran on the track. I mean, this mm -hmm. is so great, you know, because, Coach Skinner didn't like running on the track. So he, why would he make us run sure. on the track? You know, we went in the pool, you know, we did the running in the pool. So, I mean, that was the greatest thing, I think. And uh, he, being a player, he knew what, what, people, what players like and what players yeah. don't like. Of course, sometimes you have to do stuff that you don't like, you know, yeah. but 
mostly you do stuff that you like and yeah he he really knew how to how to uh yeah talk the the, the player's language sure that that's first season uh, it was december of, of that year you got your first taste of the in-state rivalry between uri and, and pc uh and you you talked about maybe the, the history that you didn't know of before you got to become a player for that team did tim o'shea when you were staying with him or maybe even with al did they ever tell you about what the, that rivalry was like and what it was like to play against pc or was that just the fresh thing you experienced firsthand on the team yeah, it was firsthand on the team, you know, of course, the other uh, students and of course, and on the team, we talked about it. But for me, it was not, you know, I, for me, it wasn't really a big rivalry, you know, because I mean, I just got there. So, sure. um, of course, you you know it and you know how important the game is for the school. But from, I'm not saying it was another game, just another game. No, but um, I think the, the years after that, it was more. I mean, you kind of, you know, you more what you were into, into sure. the school and into the spirit. And then it was more a rivalry. Back then it was just, uh, yeah, I think it was Austin Crochet and Ruben Garces uh, at, at, on PC and God Cham God. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's that was that, just a team, yeah. That, uh, although it, it you know, took till your senior year for the team to win an A-10 tournament, uh, the conference tournament, the Playing that year, the A-10 tournament, losing that next that, that final game against Temple, I believe it was, before the NIT uh, uh, tournament came about. What was the – do you remember your mindset in terms of, okay, the big dance, the NCAA tournament isn't in our grasp this year, but we still have the NIT as an option. Was there any sort of disappointment about that, or were you guys just excited to play in, in that playoff version? Um, you, you mean on my first – you're talking about my first yeah. year? yeah. Oh, oh yeah, the NIT. Yeah, the NIT was a, for us. It was a big thing, you know, yeah. with the young team to play in the NIT. For us, it was not uh, not not making the NCAA tournament, but for us, it was good making, you know, the, the NIT in our in, in our first year. So um, for us, it was uh, was was great. Although mm-hmm. you guys would lose in the Elite Eight of the NIT tournament, was there any sort of calmness in the sense of okay, even if we lost, we still are returning back the majority of the core team my sophomore year mm-hmm. exactly yeah that's that's what, what i what i what i meant before that we were so such a young team you know and we knew that uh we had some some or we i mean i was hoping that we had some good years ahead of that mm-hmm. after making the nit and during the freshman year i mean some people never make the nit so you know it's it's uh it was an accomplishment and and but we knew that we could do something more i mean and then we did yeah. The following year, your sophomore year, you you guys you know start again on a hot streak. I believe it was seven one that I saw online, and then you guys have a a loss to eighteenth ranked Texas, and then you guys have an away beat down on PC at at the um, Dunkin' Donut Center, the I should say the convention center back then. Mm-hmm. From la- the year prior, your freshman year, to losing a, a game to PC, to then destroying them the next year at their home um, crowd. What was that like as someone who was, as we said, it wasn't accustomed to the history that you were in PC had? Yeah, I mean, it felt great. You know, every every time you beat a rival, it feels great, and you see it uh, coming back to 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 your school. You know how 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 big the game was. I mean, that's what I said. You know, um, um, year after year, the the game became more important you know sure. also for us because you 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 knew how important it was for everybody so you know the the days and weeks before the game you know you saw the the uh, you know in class 
people talked about it. Yeah. yeah, it's a big PC, you know. <laughs> it, it, it's, it, it's not like the, the only game they wanted, but it was very important for sure. them. So it's, it, it, it was great, yeah. That that year, you, know, you guys play, of course, you know, Temple John Chaney's the coach. You played them a lot that year. You guys would meet them in the A-10 tournament. Compared to maybe playing them during the regular season, find, playing them again in the A-10 tournament, was there what was that like in terms of variety of the difference of game or was it more of just the same type of approach you guys would take to the that team i mean tempo it's 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 so funny that now that you that you talk about it like this thing pops in my head you know like tempo they always had this zone defense you know like the it was really tough to play and you you know we had to be patient and uh, pass the ball and i think we we could beat them because we were a smart team you know and uh, i think I think Cat or Tyson had a three-point record. I don't know if you have the box score there. I think he had six, seven threes or something oh, in that wow. game. And uh, yeah, but but I think we we be, I mean we needed to be smart to beat him, and that's what mm -hmm. we had. We had smart players on the team, you know, Cat, Tyson, Preston, Tone, Josh, and, and Mike. You know, all these guys. So. That's why that's why we could beat him. Yeah. You guys that that year, if I'm not mistaken, is the year you guys play um Purdue in the NCAA tournament, the first round, the eight nine matchup. After you know playing in the uh, NIT tournament uh, twice, what was it like to then finally make the NCAA tournament, but then be in this classic eight nine matchup um that year? Yeah, I think I mean I think we we uh, we we should have won that game you know i think it was close to the end and uh, yeah. i think we had also the, the shot to win it right i, yeah. I, I think yeah. it was an ot yeah yeah it was all the time yeah i remember that because we had the shot to win it i think and then uh we we missed it but it was um i think that game we really should have won that should have sure. that was a game we we should have won i mean that i mean everybody uh I mean, sometimes there you play good or you play good and you lose and you say, okay, I, I played good. You know, that other team sure. was better. Okay, shake hands. Okay, good job. But that game, <clears throat> we should have won that game, really. I mean, we, we, we were better, just like the Stanford game, where we were better. You know, we just lost, unfortunately, but we were the better team. So that also the Purdue game, we should have won. But it was, you know, for, for all of us, I mean, for... For I mean, for me, it was okay the the NCAA tournament. But for all the other guys on the team, I mean, they've been watching that probably all their high school time. Sure. They've been watching this, you know, March Madness. I never watched March Madness before. I didn't even know what it was, so I didn't know how big and important it was to to sure. be there. Of course, I learned it when I was you know my freshman year. But um, for I guess for 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 the rest of the team was such such a, such a, a much bigger thing, you know, being there and making it and um, uh, not saying that I didn't appreciate it or anything, but just meaning for me, it was not, I didn't dream about it for years sure. and years and years to be in the March Madness. So, but it was, it was, it was great. But yeah, like I said, we should have won that game. And I think everybody was disappointed then. Well, that, unfortunately, that wasn't the last time, of course, we'd make the big dance as a team. A lot happened in that offseason follow -up. Obviously, you, you then become an upperclassman. You're, you're a junior at, at URI. But like all good things, they come to an end. Jim Herrick, a man you talked before going uh, starting today, you, you saw on television the UCLA, former UCLA national champion coach becomes the new head coach of the program, which Antonio told me about how they, they got him to URI. Between 
Al leaving and then Jim coming in and then you moving up in the team with the, probably a bigger role. What was it like to witness the team work during the summer and then have before the season that they would end up having? Um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was sad that I left, you know, that, uh, that, that was, was a sad thing. And I, 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 I mean, I didn't, I mean, I think nobody on the team was happy that he left and that we had a new coach. But then when, when coach Herrick uh, came, uh, I think everybody was happy, you know, it was a big, big name, you know, uh, uh, big name they got to URI that got to URI, you know, it was everybody knew him, you know, I knew him from, like I said before, when, when I was uh, in Germany watching college basketball, the only team they showed was, yeah, like I said, UCLA. So I saw him, I knew him. But for me, it wasn't. For me, the, the good time basically ended when uh, when Coach uh, Skinner left. You know, for me personally, like, yeah. not saying it was it was bad with Coach Herrick, but it, for me, I, I liked it better with Coach Skinner. You know, sure. personally. But um, yeah, but but uh, and 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 I I felt bad for Coach Skinner. You know, because he built that team. Sure. It's kind of you know he he planted everything, and I'm not saying that Coach Herrick didn't do anything, but Coach Her Coach Skinner laid the foundation for sure. what happened that junior year. So it uh, it's it's I mean it's his credit. It's a lot of his credit that we went that far. He recruited the guys. You know he he taught us. You know he he developed everybody. You know he got everybody everybody better. You know he got he got. Uh, yeah, he, he like I said, he laid the foundation, and um, but Coach Eric also he I mean he was a, a big time coach, and he brought maybe sometimes what the program needs also is this little bit of um, yeah celebrity sure. status, you know, to become to to become on the to come on the map, you know. Of course, sure. it, it 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 got national attention when Coach Eric came to us, and you know he got the he got probably even more respect than coach Skinner with the ref with the media you know it, it's a it's a different story we're more how you how can you describe it more not not popular but you know it's it, it was a, a different situation but you know he also did a very good job uh, with the school of course uh, uh coach Herrick you know with with players he brought in and um with the with the yeah I mean it's, it's not it's also probably not easy taking over a team sure. and you know giving them your um your philosophy and still be successful so sure. it's i mean that's what he did when do you remember before the season started if it was at that point that this team besides the players that were turning has potential to do some serious damage this year in the mm. ncaa's mm. well at the beginning of the season or in the season i i didn't think that we would go that far i think nobody would think i mean if anybody says now they thought that we would go that far well i didn't think think so i mean it's it's uh but but when we were in the tournament i mean um yeah we knew that kansas game i think we knew after we if we could win that we we could we could go far you know then the uh and uh but it's 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 always tough when you i think they were number one or number two seed i mean that's that's a real tough game that you yeah. probably lose 90 percent of the time i don't know the percentages but um, I think, like like I said before, in in the beginning, we were never scared of anybody, you know. We and 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 especially Cat and Tyson. I mean, they like to take to take the challenge and tone too. You know, everybody says he's undersized, he's too small. You know, I sure. mean, 
what what more energy can you get when people say you can't do it or you're not tall enough you're not fast enough you're not good enough i mean that's the best motivation you can get and yeah like 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 we said we the years before we we got so much you know with the nit the first year you know first round the second year so we said okay let's go a step further and and, and that's what we did before the the elite eight game you you each game is getting closer. You first play Murray State, then it goes mm. from there. And what was that like? Your your matchup, your center stage. You're playing Murray State. Do you remember your viewpoint of, of that game compared to what would foresee after that potentially? Mm. I mean, we were we were focused, and I mean, we were com- we were really confident. I mean, I never had any doubt that we wouldn't that we wouldn't win that game. So it's you know not not arrogant, but just just believing in our skills you know and and very confident i mean i i had no doubt and that we that we that we lose so it's it's and that's i think everybody on our team had that and that's why we we just performed you know that sure. i mean i i mean sometimes when you're on teams you know you uh, later you know looking back uh, afterwards you see okay when you look in some players eyes you see ah Sure. They don't believe it, you know. Yeah. They don't believe it a hundred percent that we win this game. You know, you can see it in the eyes, yeah. and uh, sometimes even in coaches' eyes. Um, and, and and but there, I mean, uh, there was no. Everybody was confident, yeah. and we just knew we were gonna win. Speaking uh, of confidence, the game after that, of course, uh, to my knowledge, is the number two seeded game against Kansas, which would be Paul Pierce's last game ever in college basketball mm. before going to the pros. You talked about not having nerves, knowing that you could win against Murray State, which you guys end up routing right through mm-hmm. them. That game against Kansas, was there any fear in terms of what their like how their ranking was in terms of where they stood in the rankings, or was it just another example of another game and that your game plan was we gotta bring our game to beat these guys? Yeah, I mean, when you when you play the number two seed, you have nothing to lose. You know, sure. it's like. I mean, of course, you lose the game. You don't want to lose the game, but yeah. if you lose, everybody says, "Okay, you you know, you lost against the number two seed." So it's I'm not saying it's a good situation, but in those games, I mean, even later playing playing professional, you always need to hang in there. You just need to stay tight, you know. And if you stay tight, the 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 favorite team most of the time gets a little bit nervous, you know, if you hang around, and then. Uh, uh, your confidence, if you're the the underdog, your confidence gets bigger and bigger by the minute. You know, mm-hmm. you say, "Hey, I can I can play with them." You know, I mean, I, before that game, of course, I don't think anybody thought we're gonna blow them out or we're just gonna win. I mean, in those games, you need to bring your best game, and everybody, mm-hmm. everything needs to needs to click. But then, you know, um, like I said, I remember this article where they just wrote. Uh, oh, just the roadblock, and they wrote like road, you know, like road island, oh, yeah. roadblock. And and I still remember that article. And that's that's the motivation I need. I mean, playing against I played against Rafe the friends, you know, and and uh, you know pushing him around. And, and, and it's 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 fun, you know, fun playing against those guys. And I think sure. you know everybody took the challenge. Cat and and, and Paul Pierce and uh, like I said, Tone. Where everybody always said they still probably saying he's undersized, you know. So he showed him that he he rebounds and block shots and. Yeah, and then we just had a good day. I mean, you know, it's, you also have to say it's it probably if we play him ten times, we wouldn't win ten times. So, you know, we just said we we had a, a good day and we won that day. Sure. Who, who knows what would have happened on a different day? But it doesn't matter. I mean, that day we won one game, and then maybe a best of seven series. Who knows? But yeah, one game we won. That that game, to my 
viewpoint of it, looking at it, because I, I obviously wasn't alive back then for that game, but for you, and maybe this is wrong, so certainly correct me if that's the case, was that a game for you guys, a moment beating them, a moment where you sort of could just let your shoulders hang in, get a deep breath after proving to the country that you guys are a credible university team, or is it just another situation of, okay, we won this game, we got to do another one to prove people wrong? No, yeah, that was that was it. Yeah, it kind of was like that, you know, uh, that that people took us serious, you know, and and uh, and and the guys, you know, I think nobody was highly recruited, no cat, no ties, no yeah. tone, you know, uh, and and it's it's, I mean, that game put everybody on the map, you know, on national TV, so everybody knew about Rhode Island, and and that was a great feeling, you know, it's it's it was was really great, you know the. The attention we got and when we went back to Rhode Island, I mean, it was, it was great. The following game is the, the, the game you guys have elite eight round against 10, 10 seated Stanford. Looking back <sighs> on it, if you were to play them, let's say 10 times, looking back on it, how many times do you think it would change? We would not, we would win nine times for sure. Okay. I mean, we were the better team. It's, it's, it's funny. I mean, my 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 brother later played with Arthur Lee on a team or or against him in Greece or something, and they talked about that game. I mean, it's it's and after that game, I always when I, the games are played later, I said we play till the horn, till the buzzer. We yeah. play to the last second. You know, if we I always told them, I said, hey, in college, I had a game up six points with a minute to play, and we lost. They said, what? <laughs> You know, it's like nobody could believe it if you tell them the story. We, yeah, one minute, six points, we lost. And um, but that's like I said, you know, sometimes all things click and it works, yeah. and then sometimes just everything went wrong, and and that that's what happened in that last minute. It's yeah. just, I mean, how many times, you know, all the things that happened, they will never happen again. If we play, that's what I'm saying. If we play ten, they will never happen. It's yeah. like, you know, you trip. You fall, you hit your head against on the desk and break your arm in the same time. You know, it, it never happens. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, but hey, I mean, for, for Stanford, it was, it was also something that probably never happened. So they really got lucky. And I mean, I, it was really sad. I mean, we went far, but I mean, the Kansas step was bigger and then we, that game we should have won. I mean, it, sure. it's, we were so close and then, uh, later, always on on the teams I played and with the with the young guys I played, you know, I always talked about college basketball. I said, yeah, we we played uh, Stanford in the elite. Eight. You know, you have to explain them what the elite eight is. I said, okay, we played. I was on a team and we played and we were the best eight teams in college basketball. You know, there are three hundred over three hundred Division One teams and we were number eight. You know, because if you tell them elite eight, nobody knows. Yeah, just sure. to you know, to show them how, 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 how big a game that was. So now if I talk to my daughters or something, they say, yeah, I played there in a big game and uh, best eight teams in America, you know. And yeah, but that, that game really should have won it. I remember if we would have won, we would have went to San Antonio in the Alamo Dome and probably played in front of 40 or 50,000 people, you know, and it was, it was, it was sad. It was, it was bad, you know. Sometimes you lose and you're happy about what you accomplished, sure. you know, like, but that that after that game, it was just sad because when you know you're better and you know you really should have won that game, then it's it it just feels bad. But yeah, that, that game. I mean, I think it was Antonio when I had him on over the summer. I believe it was. He talked mm -hmm. about how uh, Lamar had Lamar Odom had to sit out that year because he played the next year, and that's when he left. 
Do you think if he was eligible that year and could play that you guys would have won the big dance? Yeah, I mean, what I don't know. It's 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 difficult to say. You know, I, I mean, because he, I mean, he didn't play with 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 Tyson and Cat there. You know, so you would never know what yeah. if they would have played together. You know, would have worked out, would have not worked out. But um, I think it's it's a lot of what if. You know, yeah. I, I, of course, if, if you took the little pieces, of course, it's it's more because Lamar is such yeah. a great player, but. You know, putting them, putting that all with with their team, you never know. You know, I I would think yeah, because he, he fits in teams. You know, and he would probably find his role and 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 help us. But yeah, we would have won it all. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. That you know, looking back on it, you know, twenty five years later, what does it mean to you to be part of a team that helped the university get the farthest it's ever been in you know postseason basketball? Um, it, it it feels good, you know. It it also, you mean, I, I saw we played in Keeney Gym. You know, they built a new gym. Yeah. You know, I haven't been back there uh, since uh, since uh, graduation, but uh, you know, it, it 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 always helps the schools a lot. You know, it's it's yeah. maybe a different topic, but I think that that the schools also okay. Well, maybe it's a it's a big topic not to just say in one sentence, but of course this, the student athletes they get a scholarship but sure. i think they should get even more you know on yeah. top of the scholarship um uh, i mean just let's, let's say a flight ticket home or something sure. you know just not i'm not talking about they should get money or something but yeah. you know let's have every student if they're from out of state give them a flight ticket home two tickets a year or something you know like stuff like that you know just yeah. just to 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 give something back and to not have uh uh, illegal things going on, you know, sure. that, that went on somewhere, you know, and uh, so, yeah, it's, 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 there should be an official way. Yeah. Sure. Recently... I, I, <laughs> I, I remember I played with uh, Lewis Bullock from Michigan. I don't know yeah. if, the, if you heard the name, uh, he played with the Fab Five. Okay. And, uh, or the, yeah, the year after he played with, with Tractor Trailer still, I think, in, in Michigan. And yeah, he, he told me I played with him in Italy. <laughs> he told me uh, one time the FBI knocked on his door. So when he was in college, you know, and, and I don't think that's necessary. You know, I think uh, there should be a, a legal way for, for some stuff. So the Elite Eight season is, is done. You move on to your your final year at URI, Jim Herrick's second and final year at the university. Of course, you lose Catino and and Cat at the school. Um, Antonio, no, yeah, Catino and Tyson. Antonio is back again. With, with a few other pieces as well, even though you lost those two big stars, did the goal of moving for, further another round change at all? I mean, I think the team changed, you know, that's sure. what I'm saying. Like the team changed a lot when, when Ted and, uh, and, and Tyson left and uh, new guys were recruited, you know, and uh, I'm not saying there were, that there were bad guys on the team, but it was different, just different characters, you sure. know, and I think, everybody didn't click as much or we weren't as close as we were the sure. years before, you know, and that's also why I left, you know, I left after the first semester because I wasn't happy with my playing time, of course. And I wasn't, I wasn't happy with the whole situation. That's why yeah. I said, okay, you know, I finished my degree, you know, I, I transferred some classes before and then I said, okay, I go, I go, I go back home, you know, sure. I've been there three and a half years and, and yeah. And, I mean the 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 feeling before also with the like I said what Coach Skinner brought in it was 
I'm not saying like a family, but also with with Cat and Tyson uh, leaving. I'm not saying the the leader. I'm not saying the heart left. I mean, there were still some a lot of guys in the team, but they were they were important for the team. I sure. think those 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 guys, Josh King, you know, and um, then okay, we brought in some younger guys. Um, I think that that was a big big change in the team. Yeah. You know, you you obviously you leave your eye, go back overseas. I'm sure every young basketball player, younger than than my age, you know, college, high school athletes, and younger than that, primary school, dream of making it to the NBA, which is, is sort of the mecca of of professional sports in some aspects. When you realize that that wasn't in in your card, your deck of cards, and playing overseas was was your next option, was that easy for you to accept? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, for me, the NBA was never a dream. Of course, it was not even close. I mean, I'm I'm realistic. So for me, it was uh, growing up. It was never a dream uh, playing in Italy or somewhere playing professional. So, but then in, in college, of course, I realized okay, there's a there's a, a, a possibility for me to play professional. Also, um, I don't know if you know, like overseas, they have different laws for foreigners. So oh, when I finished college in '99. Every team, I went to Italy first, every team in Italy could only have two Americans on oh, the yeah. team. So m- me, I had a German passport, so I was regarded as the local player and they could still have two Americans. And oh. they said, oh, this guy, you know, played college, he's pretty good, but we can bring him in as a local player. So I was kind of like an asset with my passport, sure. <laughs> you know, so it was really, really good for me. And um it was, a, I mean, it was the the best time of my life. You know, I was 24. I was in Italy in Verona. We had a nice team. It it was a, a, a similar situation. Just 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 one minute talking about it. Um, we started uh, we started this the season and we lost every game. We had young guys. You know, we had we had a guy from uh, Monmouth. Uh, we had we had guys uh, not not big time players, and we're all new. We're in Italy. You know, we're partying. We're and and then uh, we, we, we the season starts and the, I never forget that the coach says, "Hey, we we uh, we just have to try to stay in the league." We were like, "What?" You know, because yeah. in German in, in in the European leagues, if you play bad, you move down to the second league. Sure. You know, so he said, "Yeah, our goal is to stay in the league." And we're like, "Come on!" I mean, I don't start the season just to stay in the league. You know, yeah. I want to be make the playoffs or something. And when the coach said that, yeah, you can imagine what happened. We just started losing games, losing games. Yeah. And then around Christmas time, they fired the coach. They brought in Lewis Bullock from Michigan. Right. And then we started winning games. We started <laughs> winning, you know, we started winning. All. I played with Victor Page from Georgetown. I don't right. know you. He played with Alan Iverson. Uh, that, he, he was the backcourt with, with Alan Iverson. He, he wasn't that famous uh, uh, fight in the CBA, Victor Page. I played with him in Italy. So... You know, we had a we had a really a really good team then uh, when they changed the, the two Americans, and then we started winning games, making it to the playoffs, and it was it was great. It was just such a great time there in Europe. Yeah. Whether it was playing in your home country of Germany or you know Belgium, Greece, Italy, what did those experiences not only teach you about the game of basketball, but also of of life post basketball, not just at the moment, but post basketball life. Yeah, because one thing I have to say, uh, Antonio, if you're listening, Antonio Reynolds Dean, I told him back then in college, I had to defend European basketball. Because when I was in college, you know, in 95, 96, there weren't many Europeans in the NBA. But I told him and I said, European basketball, it's, it's, 
it's it's serious basketball, you know. Yeah. And uh, and now we see the best three players in the in the, in the NBA are European. So yeah, well, you know, it's, but uh, yeah, tone. Listen, yeah. tone. I told you, you know. <laughs> uh, so it's uh, it's uh, sorry. Your question again. Say your question. Again. My, my question was, mm-hmm. you know, what did whether it was playing in Germany, your home country, or places like Greece, Belgium, Italy. Mm-hmm. What did that teach you? Not only about the game oh, of basketball, life, yeah. but yeah. also life, not yeah. just during the experiences, but then post basketball life. Yeah, I mean different cultures. You know, I, I mean, first time I was seventeen, I went to the states. I was in Seattle, no, no cell phone. Uh, I couldn't call my parents every day. I called them maybe once a week for a minute. You know, I was ten months away from my friends. It, it's not like today where everybody's connected and you sure. FaceTime here, WhatsApp there. You know, it. it I was gone for 10 months in, 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 you know, in a different with living with my whole family, the nicest people I, I, I could meet, but I was gone, you know, and it's, it's different for a kid, you know, and, and uh, like I said, the thing, what my parents uh, taught me was always keep the balance between school or, or education and basketball. And that's also every time the whole years I played professional, I knew it was only for a certain amount of time, yeah. you know? So when I was 30, I said, okay, that's it. You know, I'm going to quit, even though I could still maybe play two, three more years in some second division for a little bit of money, you know, an apartment, a car, get a little money. But I said, okay, that's it. I, I, I stop. I'm, uh, I'm going to start looking for a regular job, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's what I did. Then I, I just, you know, stopped basketball and um, yeah, and, and, and yeah, took the educational part i mean the degree from uri and uh, started working yeah. sure you know the last few years since um dan hurley left in 2017 to go to uconn was the last year that they were successful yeah. in terms of making the big dance mm-hmm. and since then the team has struggled uh, quite a bit in terms of keeping players via the transfer portal or coaching whatever the case may be from your perspective as someone who is part of success what do you hope the team is able to bring back via those two ways players and in coaching Mm. Yeah, I think a, a program needs to be patient, you know, they need to, they need to, yeah, just take it step by step and you need to, to have a plan. It's not, you're not going to build a program. I mean, you're not going to change the coach or it's not a, a quick thing. I mean, look mm-hmm. how long it took coach Skinner to, to be successful, sure. you know, and you need, you need uh, patience. I mean, it's every time in, in sports, it's the most important thing. There's no short term or quick recipe for success it's not it's it's i mean you can put you see it in professional teams you can put all the money in you won't have a team you know it's it's not always otherwise the most expensive team would always win if it was that easy you know so i think there are more there are more factors and the people in charge need to understand that that there's more there's more than than money there is not you know i mean talking about professional teams and in in college it's the same it's more than trying to recruit always the best players it's not you know we showed that it's not always the best the uh, supposedly best players win i mean there's always players that i mean look at steph curry in college there's so many guys that are overlooked for some reason you know but they have a bigger heart or, or some other aspects you need to win you know there's and and that's what i think it's it's important well, and you look at Katina Mobley, overlooked extremely as a as as a prosperous uh, college athlete. Then, of course, he yeah. takes ass and takes names in college, and he plays in the NBA for over ten years. 
before we end today, and again, I want to thank my guest David for taking the time to come on, especially where he is in the world in the time zone. I want to end on a loose segment called the One Word Challenge. What this entails is my guest, David, I thought a few names of people, places, or things that have some connection to my guest, and he has to do his best to say a word or two or sentence that best comes to mind when he hears it. So, David, are you ready? Oh, I, I didn't. Oh yeah, the last thing was too quick. I'm still, English is still my second language. <laughs> So, so what I'll do next with, with the remaining time we have left is a little segment yeah. called the one word challenge. So what okay, tells us, I'll throw a few names of people, places, or things that have some connection to my guest. And he has to do his best to say a word or two or sentence that comes to mind when he hears it. So are you ready? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll try. Uh, first one, Germany. Uh, best country in the world. Kingston. I had a really nice time there. Uh, Kenny Jim. Oh, memories. So many memories. Sweat, blood, and tears. <laughs> Al Skinner. Oh, really great. Greatest coach. Really one of the greatest coaches I met. And a, a real good person. Antonio Reynolds-Dean. Oh, competitor. <laughs> Underrated. Nice guy. Funny guy. And a hard worker. Hard, hard work ethic. And he represents ATL. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hard work. It's what I did. Uh, success. Comes from hard work. Yes. And certainly last but never least in this cosmic universe we all called Earth that we live on today, David Eric Babu. Um, I hope I, I'd be remembered as a nice guy and uh, also in the, in, in the States or in the, in, at, at URI that they remember me as a hard worker, good person. Well, I, I think if 25 years later... This 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 known man named is Timmy O'Shea is is still commenting on on how good of a player you were and we're doing this today surely replicates the type of person you are. Well, well, David, I want to say thank you for taking the time to do this. I know it's late where you are, so again, thanks. Almost eleven thirty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank it's, you for having me. I mean, yeah. it, it's 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 a great show you're having, and uh, I, I I will uh, share it, uh, like yeah. it, and comment. So. That a lot of uh, former students uh, yeah. or, or former UI guys uh, watch it, and it's it's a real good thing you do there. Thank you. Well, I appreciate. It. Well, all those out there who enjoy it, because who the hell won't? Because down the line, when David gets inducted into the URI Athletics Hall of Fame, you're gonna say, "Holy crap! I should subscribe then." So subscribe, comment, <laughs> share, follow all that grand stuff. You know, when new episodes get up there on social media, follow on Twitter, Nolan Car Night, and Instagram, the Nolan Car Night Show, and the words of Johnny Carson, Ladina talk shows such as this. I bid you all a heartfelt good night.